You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. going A's fans and welcome to episode 199 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I have Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals talking about betting, baseball, and another B probably. Uh, badassery. Let's go with that. <laughs> But I asked uh, Josh to join me on the show because our new sponsor, BetOnline.ag, uh, they gave us some money to play with on their website, and I want to make sure that I can maximize the money that they gave us. So uh, I wanted him to come and teach me a little bit about betting because I have not done the traditional stuff. I've done some of the fantasy baseball, you know, the, the stuff on your phone, but I have not done traditional betting before. So I wanted him to teach me a little bit about that. And I figured, hey, why not record it and help you guys out too if you guys were so inclined to play some bets. So we go over spreads, money lines, uh, what is a good bet? And like, what is negative 1600 when you're going for MLB futures? So we talk about the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. So uh, if you want to put some money down on that, make sure that you listen to that because he had some takes. And then we go over some of the MLB futures, uh, you know, specifically for bets, but also more broadly, just talking about baseball, who are the good teams, uh, how wide open the American League is, why I think that the Angels at, I think they were at like negative 1800 to win the American League, why that could be a good bet potentially if you know, you, you jump on them now because if they make another move or two, all of a sudden they're in that upper echelon of the American League because it is so wide open over there. So we go over all of that stuff. It was a very fun conversation. We find out who his favorite baseball team is, and it's not the Nationals. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, just learned a lot about betting, talked a lot about baseball, uh, baseball teams that I don't usually get to talk about. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I used to do that at the restaurant that I serve tables at. I would wear random hats and people would come in and like, oh, you're a Phillies fan. I'm like, no, I'm not. But uh, I can talk about them and I miss that. So uh, Josh filled a void and that was a lot of fun for me. We also talked about the Twins a little bit, uh, talked about the White Sox a little bit, the Padres, the Dodgers, the Nats, the Mets. Uh, who else? Everybody. The Braves. We talked about a bunch of teams. So it's a very fun conversation. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, so I'm going to just play it uninterrupted for you guys. It's almost an hour long conversation. I didn't want to break it up for you guys because uh, there was no natural breaking point because we went from baseball to betting back to baseball and I didn't want to confuse anybody. So it is a very long episode. You can listen to it in parts. The NFL part is probably 20 minutes in or something like that. So if you were specifically looking for betting advice for this weekend, it's roughly 20 minutes in, um, I believe. So uh, before I do that, I'm going to do some of these ad reads for you guys, get these out of the way for you. And uh, first one, obviously, Bet Online. This entire episode is basically sponsored by Bet Online, unofficially, but officially, sort of, kind of. Anyways, so we go over there, the NFL games of the week, a little bit later in the episode. So uh, basically, if you want to, Place some bets according to what we say. 
All you got to do is go to betonline.ag, and that is the one place that has you covered, and that is the one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Our show is also brought to you guys today by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box and let them know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com and just real quick before I send it over to the uh, hour-long interview to make this an over an hour-long podcast, um, I am going to be talking about uh, anything that happens over the weekend for the A's. Um, there are still interest from the A's with Marcus Simeon, as well as a few other teams like the Red Sox and Twins. And there's another team. I think the Phillies might have been interested in him as well. Um, the Reds are probably in there, but... Uh, you know, they haven't been mentioned. So uh, there's still interest on that front. Uh, it sounds like Andrew Benintendi could be traded before the end of the weekend. So if he gets traded to Oakland, which I mean, we'll see, uh, I will definitely be doing an, an emergency podcast to cover that news. So if anything breaks over the weekend, I will be in your ears and uh, telling you guys what's up with all that stuff. So uh, before I send it over to Josh and Avers, make sure to follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason be on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So here is my talk with Josh Neighbors. We're talking about baseball, betting, and badassery. So uh, enjoy, you guys. I am joined by Josh Neighbors of Locked On Nationals. He uh, he got to celebrate a World Series very recently, so that must have been fun. Uh, how are you doing, Josh? I am well. Sadly for me, I was not the host of the podcast when the World Series happened, but as a resident of D.C., I got to uh, enjoy some of it, uh, so that was nice. You still got to reminisce about it and stuff when you became a host, though, correct? Well, fun fact, and this is just for your listeners, not mine. Uh, I'm not a Nationals fan. So, so yeah, so gasp. Um, now, I will say this. It's better for business when the Nats are good, right? I mean, that's oh, definitely. Good, but but uh, a fun fact, I'm actually a Mets fan. So that oh, is, okay. Yeah, well, then- so... Well, you know, let's just go is. with the baseball questions off the get. Then, uh, what do you think about the Mets right now? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think for Mets fans, like just so many years of tortured front office disarray, right, with ownership and the Wilpons not willing to spend money, and then when they 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 did spend some money, if things went wrong, they would pin it on the GM. And yeah, that's kind of that's kind of you know I, I feel I'm very happy for Mets fans because money's no object; they feel like they can actually compete, like. Competing with the Braves right now is a challenge, and that's what they're mm-hmm. trying to compete with. And you got to be able to say, "Hey, let's let's put a team together. No holds barred. Nothing matters. Let's go get guys." Because even with all the moves they made, they're still not the favorites in the East. 
But it's nice to see that they can they can try. Actually, they're, try. they're close right there. If like Syndergaard might be if he was going to be healthy for the entire season, that would get them a little bit closer. How close do you think the Mets are to the Braves? And then beyond that, how close are the Nationals to both of those teams? It's it's interesting because so often I feel like a lot of it is experience based. Mm. So the Braves have been to the playoffs, right? And the Nationals have been to the mountaintop. So I think the idea of like, if the, if the Braves, Nats, and Mets are all in the playoffs, ironically enough, the team that you don't want to play the most is the Nats. Mm-hmm. Because like, I mean, no matter what the talent gap might be between, you know, the Nats roster, which is not filled out and everybody else, they've got Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin, who are all three guys who were crucial parts of a World Series winning team. And then the two guys that we know for a fact are going to be there are Trey Turner and Juan Soto. And Jan Gomes is another guy who's going to be there. Victor Robles is another guy too. But those guys are – all those guys I listed are all upper echelon awesome players who have the experience of winning a World Series. And then you stack those up with the Mets. They, they've got guys who have been there before, but they don't have guys who have reached that pinnacle, reached that peak. So I think that's kind of a difference when I, when I think about it, you know, despite how good their roster is, they have a, they have a hill to climb. And that's why I view the Padres the same way too. I still yeah. don't think they're on the Dodgers level. Well, it's like with the, the Warriors uh, switching over to basketball. For no, yeah, you you got to so, yeah. get there a couple of times, get that experience, get your heart broken a couple of times, and then you're ready to dominate. And I think it's true for most sports. You don't see the Dodgers many... in it. The Nats, yeah. the, I mean, the, you know, people forget about this, but the Nats were that were the Dodgers before the Dodgers. You know, I mean, if you look at their playoff records, very similar. Uh, the Dodgers, with all their trials and tribulations in the playoffs, finally broke through and the Nats were the same way. A lot of, you know, first round exits for the Nationals before they eventually broke through and got that championship. So you're exactly right. So what you're saying is watch out for the Oakland Athletics because uh, they've been doing this first round exit thing yes. for a while. <laughs> yes. No, that's that's a great example of a team full of guys who have had their hearts broken. But it's it's weird. Like it, it's the experience of, you know, it, the guys who have playoff experience, but they don't have championship experience. So that is the flip side of it, the Mets, right? DeGrom, playoff experience. You know, Syndergaard, playoff experience. Carrasco, playoff experience. Marcus Stroman, playoff experience. The lineup, all those, a lot of guys. You know, Lindor, great example, been to a World Series. So all those guys have championship level experience, but haven't won it. Mm-hmm. So there's your gap between a team like the Nats and a team like the Braves and the Mets. I'm intrigued. I think the NL East is going to be fascinating this coming year because even the Marlins, they could be sneaky good. I I like them personally because I like teams that sneak up on you and whatnot. I was very happy that they made the playoffs. Um, I I just like the rebuilding teams and, you know, watching what's coming up next. Those teams excite me personally. Uh, I'm I'm with you on that too. There's another team in that division. Oh, the Phillies. Phillies, uh, yeah. yeah. Are, are they disaster? Total disaster. If, if the money situation, get, yeah. the money situation is bad. It's really bad. Clearly, if they don't get Real Muto, are they fifth, like automatically, or are they? Yeah, I mean, you have to think. And, and the, the crazy part is this: is that Jason they they traded Sixto Sanchez, you know, to the Marlins for JT Real Muto. And I've been saying this in the beginning. I don't think Real Muto leaves the division. To be honest. And so I, I actually think there's a good chance that he ends up a national uh, or he resigns the Phillies. And so, I mean, the guy you traded is in the, in, is in your division, right? And then the guy you got is, might be for another team in your division. I mean, what a complete tire fire that would be if that's how it works out. 
And usually I don't go for big market teams like the Phillies, but when they started doing their little rebuild thing, I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Oh, and it is just not gone well. And they want to, the problem is they don't want to build. They want to tear down what they have, right? They want to trade Zach Wheeler. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been not, they've been really, I mean, they could have re-signed Real Muto easy, but every single step they've taken in that situation has all been just hardball, hardball, hardball. And it's like, y'all give up a lot for this dude. Like, do you want to build something or not? Because he's a big part of, of what you're going to, if you're going to build anything resembling a playoff team or a championship team, he's going to be a part of it. Any chance that the, that the Marlins could actually finish third in that division. I don't know that I want to go second because I think that there's a lot of talent there because the Nets struggled last year. So I don't know necessarily how to take them. I know that Strasburg didn't play a full right. season. They've made some big additions, um, but, and also it was 2020 and that was a weird season, fluky season. Yeah. Anyway, so. Oldest team in the league, right? The Nationals were when they won the World Series and pretty old last year. And they, they shed some of that oldness. So, uh, I mean, Adam Eaton, you know, you don't think of him as old, but like he, I mean, well, age-wise, he's not old. I think of him as old, right? He feels like a guy who's been around the game forever. Uh, Anibal Sanchez is now gone, right? Uh, Kurt Suzuki is now gone. Howie Kendrick is now gone. Ryan Zimmerman is on the fence about whether he'll come back or not, and he didn't play last year. So they're kind of in a it's not a rebuild. It's a retooling. Okay. So, so I, I, that's the way I think of it. And uh, yeah, you know, so when I think about the nationals, that's kind of how I, how I perceive it. The problem for the Marlins is they've got to get enough depth to sustain a 162. Yeah. You know, they, they, that's the issue is, is that team depth wise going to be like, that's the same question you'd ask the Rays, right? That roster with the way, and the way they performed, like, especially at the plate, and the, Red, the Reds, another good example of this too. There's no way those teams could have withstood a 162 game season without making some adjustments yeah. or performing better because their performances, you know, the, the Marlins, when they beat the Cubs, they scored in two innings, right? They scored all of the runs. They won two games, didn't lose, but they scored all of the runs in two separate innings, right? So that's my question. And they, they made a couple like small moves. And I know Arm Layton, the lockdown Marlins host, is awesome. He kind of likes some of the moves they made, but. Nothing that makes me say in a division full of movers and shakers, three specifically the Nats, Braves, and, and, and the Nets, it's going to be – it's an uphill climb. It's an uphill do you, climb. Do you think that they could be biding their time for like one more year, maybe give the Nats that one more year, and then swoop in and overtake the Nats then? Maybe, but it's going to be hard, right? I mean, because you think about it this way, I've been saying this a bunch, the Nats have two of the ten best players in, in the National League. Trey Turner and Juan Soto are two of the 10 best National League players in the National League. And barring injury, there's no sign their performances are going to decline. So what can – like, and I know it's not it's not like basketball where you're matching guys up against guys, mm-hmm. but those, those are two play, people in a lineup that you have to reckon with. And the Marlins don't bring many of those guys to the table. So they'd have to make significant strides to get there. I will say the one thing they've got, the ace in the hole for them is the pitching staff. They could overcome a lot of flaws, the pitching staff. I will counterpoint your two best players in the National yeah. League with the Los Angeles Angels. Right. Totally <laughs> they they don't point. have as much around them, I know, mm-hmm. but still. Yeah, well, the, the, other, the other trump card the Nats would have in that situation is, like, if Steven Strasburg's at his best this year and Max Scherzer is at his best for his age, mm-hmm. Strasburg is the better pitcher. Like he's at the point now where he got paid like he is a you know a guy who's going to win Cy Youngs, and I think at his best, like we saw in the playoffs, he is now that level of pitcher, and now he's in his 30s. So now I think this is a time where he could make his hay, and I think 
that is where I begin to, to say, all right, I know the Marlins, I think they're pitching too, but, but the Nats have those two players in addition to a, a rotation that, and I think they bring back Scherzer too for one or two more years afterwards, but in a, a rotation that at least from a Corbin and Strasburg standpoint is going to remain strong at the front. Is Strasburg healthy? Because I know that he missed time last year. Um, yeah, he should be good to go. Ejected, I mean, they say so. they say full recovery, and he's going to be good to go. And so, I think they're excited. I think they're excited to have a normal um, off season, hopefully somewhat semi normal, yeah. because that I, that kind of felt like that messed up the entire. I mean, Scherzer dealt with an injury. Corbin was not himself. Sanchez was terrible, and they couldn't find a fifth guy in the back end because Joe Ross backed out. So they were all over the place. The pitching situation. I think they're looking forward to a stable, normal off-season heading into the regular season because i just traded for him in my fantasy league and uh <laughs> I, I didn't do any research it, it, it was like one of those uh it, it's an odd new league so it was like oh you're trading salary they just wanted to get rid of like six guys and i right. was giving up uh tyler glass now who i'm like he's good but i'm i'm not gonna not take you know strasburg for like 30 bucks and then correa was in the deal i got kirby yates uh, th- there was some talent there that I'm like, I got some room to play. If I'm going to go for it, let's yeah, go yeah. for it. It's pretty strong. I mean, look, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge, you know, anybody listening to my podcast knows like I am not a huge numbers per, I mean, I use obviously use statistics, but I don't understand and apply analytics the same way other people can. It's just not the way I'm strong, but the eye test, I know it's not always the greatest indicator, but I think people who watch Steven Strasburg in the 2019 season know that that is the, he has the talent. And him reaching that that point is something that we think is recreatable. We think that's sustainable because we know that's the ability he has, right? This is not some outperformance of, of ability that is unsustainable. It's something that we know he can continue. So I, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape there. I hope so, because I, I didn't have like an ace-ace. I have like Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, right. and like some some solid uh, Pablo Lopez, another AL, or, uh, NL East guy. I, I have some solid pitchers, you know, for the contracts and all that stuff. But I was like, I don't have like that that main guy. And I was like, I think the Strasburg might be that guy. He's your main so, guy. There you go. So, so I'm very excited about that. But uh, I, I got to ask, how about Josh Bell and Kyle Schwarber? They're, they're the two big additions. They're basically two additions that have happened uh, in – baseball let alone just the national yeah not much has yeah. happened outside of you know your your mets um and yeah. the Padres. <laughs> so uh how are they gonna fit what are they bringing to the table what are some of your uh what are you worried about with them as well I guess well well I, I would say the big thing with those two guys is this is that last year the nets really needed the boost when it came to power they bring in Eric Thames and he's just dreadful. <laughs> and so while there is some, there's going to be a lot of strikeouts to those two guys, the number of times where the Nats were in a close, low scoring game and they just needed a lift, they need a solo shot, you know, need something to get their offense going. And they, they just couldn't get it. Now, I think one of those guys helps them address it. I think two was a bit of overkill, but there's another part of this is where. Josh, and, and I once again credit Arm Layton because he made this point. It was very astute that Josh Bell was the guy in Pittsburgh, right? I mean, that, that's not a very good lineup. It's not a lineup that boasts yeah. a whole lot around him. So the way that pitchers approach him is different because there's nobody else around him. Josh Bell's no longer the guy. He's not even guy number two, right? You got Trey there and you got Juan Soto there. Also, Starlin Castro's in the back part of there. And you add Kyle Schwarber. Like they're going to front load that lineup to the point mm-hmm. where, and I, you know, some people say distribution is better. No, I front load it because 
basically, you know, I think you go Turner and Soto one, two and say one of those guys probably get on base. And then you go Schwarber and, uh, and Bell three and four in some combination and say, one of those guys can drive them in. And then you put Castro behind them for a little bit more protection, even more. So I think that's where they're coming from. I didn't love the Kyle Schwarber acquisition. I compared it to this and you mentioned basketball. The Wizards are the worst defensive team in the league. Uh, usually, they were last year at least uh, for a long period of time, and they're really horrible at defense this year again. The Nats are creating the baseball version of the Wizards because they're bad at defense as it is. Kyle Schwarber's bad at defense as it, it, too. Josh Bell is not known for his glove at first base, but the, they're hoping to create the um, the baseball version, if you will, of the Washington Wizards in a positive way. I'm very excited about this. So excited. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't get to watch I, I am that too. Many be interesting. Games. Well, I didn't get it, that one. Well, it, it could be interesting, you know, and I think they're not done. Um, I think I don't know that I can't get a read on the money situation. Like it seems like maybe they want to go with the, you know, spend some here, spend some here, kind of address things, and they still need the number four starter, but it seems like the strategy is working to plug some holes. And I'm I'm wondering how they're gonna fill out the lineup because I think there's one more move left to make. Whether it's JT or not, I don't know, but I think they're going to bring at least one more catcher. Do you want Austin Allen? He's good. Actually, I know that his stats are crappy in the big leagues, but he has raked in AAA. He got a very quick stint as a backup catcher for Sean Murphy, who's obviously the guy in Oakland. I think that he can hit at the major league level. He just needs to get a little bit more, like more of a straight platoon as opposed to I'm going to get, you know, three at bats a week kind of thing. Yeah, they – I think they're going to go for somebody who's more established because they've got Trace Barrera waiting in the wings, who is a catcher who is, he's got a suspension to serve for um, a, he pop for something. And it's, it's been a whole debacle where, you know, he's appealing it and whatnot, but that's somebody that that's been a pretty decent hitter for them in, in the minor league ranks. And I think my hunch would be, they would go with a guy like Yadier Molina, which would be weird to see a guy like that, you know, in a Nats Jersey, right. Or in any Jersey, that's not Cardinals, you know, red and white. Um, so that would be my idea because I think they want Barrera to be the second guy or the guy maybe at some point in time in the future. That's where I would go. But yeah, I, I don't. I think they're going to be in the market for a veteran guy. Just, just kind of a, a quick fix. But I would like uh, the A's to do something. So could you make that happen anyway, even though it doesn't Look, necessarily I, work for you guys? I'm feeling, and, and here's the thing. I feel like now I'm one of the lucky ones. But you know what's crazy? I, I was looking at the number of podcasts I've done. So I came on last January. Basically, I've been doing this for a year now. And so this, I've done 170-ish episodes. And I know there's other people who've done more, but the Nationals have played 60 games. So like, uh, you know, games per episode, like there've been 60 and I've done 100. I mean, I've done 110 podcasts that were not, get, you know, game related. And that's just been like the challenge for a lot of us in baseball. You know what I mean? With, with just the last year has been so challenging because, you know, the NBA is the storylines by itself. The NFL just seems to dominate the news all the time. Baseball's got a real problem with that. They've got a real problem with their offseason not being an event in the way that, I mean, the NFL draft is a monster. The NBA draft plus free agency is a monster. It's bigger than the season, you know, in a lot of cases. And I'm sure you know this, offseason material does pretty well when it's about signings. The two biggest episodes I've had, Josh Bell signing, uh, trade rather, Kyle Schwarber trade. Two biggest things I've had. And that's, you know, I wish we had more of that for you too. You know, I wish, and there's a problem because baseball does not incentivize teams to act quickly. And it doesn't incentivize this cool, fun atmosphere around 
the off season. Yeah, no, I, I started right around the same time as you, I believe. We might have, were you mentioned on the email this past week? Uh, uh, maybe. I don't even know. I'm not, yeah. look, I'll be honest. I'm the worst <laughs> employee ever. Not reading the emails, not tweeting the stuff. I do two podcasts. I'm doing the Locked On Big 12 too. So I have my foot in college, college basketball and college football, which obviously <laughs> is going red hot right now. Yeah. So I have my foot in both. You know, I'm, I'm all over the place. I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah. I, I think that we've both been here for about a year. I, mm-hmm. I'm approaching 200 now and it mm-hmm. i i've been one not sleeping as much lately i i don't know why the weather is weird or something but um <laughs> also there's nothing to talk about so i'm like What's all right, problem, well, right? I, I gotta figure stuff out and like on the i'll spend hours a day trying to find something to talk about for like 15 minutes because i don't want to just come here and like oh this is what i think about today and just repeat myself i'm like no i want to have something that's engaging you want to have something to say and that's the challenge you want to have something to say and that's that's what we run into is that you want to have something productive to say because you know it's been a criticism that's been that that i got actually somebody wrote a review on my podcast saying that you know you got to have something to say right It's, it's like i think it's important to note too that like every six five like if a six five win over the marlins or six five loss I don't have anything like always insightful to say about that. You know what I mean? There's not always some gigantic takeaway from May 22nd's game against the Phillies. Like sometimes it's just a game that happened and I'll talk about it and give you some perspective on it, but it's not going to be earth shattering. It's not going to be groundbreaking all the time, you know? And so I think that's something that, that, that fans have to realize is that it's not always going to be, uh, you know, earthquake, you know, we're not always going to make ripples with or make, make a, you know, whatever it is, waves with our commentary. What I did with that, uh, it might have been just the short season, was uh, I would talk about the game, just, you know, recap it real quick. And then the second segment would be just going over the AL West. And I just called it West Watch. And mm-hmm. that's uh, what we would do. And the whole point of that was to hopefully get the Astros out of the playoffs. And so it was fun. And then you, I, I could talk about like the Mariners, minor leaguers and stuff like that, that I enjoy watching. And, you know, it gave me more fun talking about other teams as well, not just the A's, but it was also division related so yeah well i mean i had the the locked on caps host on my show you know i'm gonna release that tomorrow because the capital season opens up and you know it's 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 nice to point people in the direction of other stuff they may enjoy and you know i talked about the washington football team some of mine because obviously washington is good as the, you know as good as the nets have been lately washington's a football town it's mm-hmm. always been a football town it will always be a football town so it's not you know it's there's always ways you can kind of dabble in other stuff too it doesn't have to be baseball all the time I did uh, the Sharks guys and then also the the Kings host and mm-hmm. uh, just like, hey, tell me about analytics in your sports. How does that work? Because I don't know about that stuff and I find it very interesting. Hopefully uh, people that listen to this podcast did too. Yeah, I talked to Javi Reyes yesterday. We, we actually talked about the similarities between college football and, and, and baseball, which was kind of fun also. <laughs> All right, so let's get over into uh, the the betting aspect of this, which is yes, why I how I lured you in, and then we talked about <laughs> baseball for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I am on BetOnline.ag. I signed up for my account. You get your fifty percent welcome bonus, which is awesome. Thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, so I'm just logged in, and uh, it, it brings you to the cashier, obviously. Um, and so I'm just going to hit sports. And then sports shows up and then it shows me the NFL stuff. Cause obviously the NFL is hot in the streets. So mm-hmm. got to go with that. Um, I'm just going to say what I see right here. I got the Rams and the Packers and that makes sense. Do the number, it says 301 and 302. Does that mean anything? That's just off to the left. Well, I think it's just kind of how they, it's, 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 I believe how they catalog it. So okay. I, I think it's just kind of numbers for the website. Now it just kind of appears on their, on their, 
because um, you see, you'll see that the Ravens are three hundred three, the Bills yeah. are three hundred four. Just goes all the way down. Yeah, yeah. Hours. It's it's for your tickets. So yeah. Alrighty. Okay. And then the spread. I assume that that is the amount of points that will be in, like the point spread. Uh, just, yes. This. Yep. Will, will the Packers win by more or less than seven points? Yes. Would you let me give you a quick explanation of how the spreads are, what they are, and how they? Yes. Work? Let's do that. All right, so the sp- so spread. So this week, the Rams are playing the Packers in uh, a divisional round playoff game. The Packers are six and a half point favorites. So if you were to take the Packers minus six and a half points, and, and this is the best way, I'll explain it in two ways here. Imagine it like this, all right? Let's just say I, Josh, place a bet for Packers minus six and a half. The game starts as the Rams six and a half, Packers zero. All right. So if the Rams were to score a touchdown, it is now 13 point, you know, the catch point is now 13.5 to zero for my bet. Right. So that is how it works. Or let's flip it around a different way. Let's say the final score was um, Rams uh, 20 and the Packers 24. So let's say the Packers win by four. Add the six and a half, the Rams score, because I laid six and a half points. I'm giving the Rams six and a half points. They would have 26 and a half. The Packers would have 24. So despite the fact the Packers won the game, I did not win the bet because they did not win by enough points. So if I'm laying six and a half, the Packers have to win by seven. If they win by seven or more, I win. If they lose uh, slash win by, you know, six or less, then I lose. All right. And then next to that, you got the money line. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this one, Let's stick same game. You got the Rams and the Packers. The money right. line says that the Rams are plus 250, which mm-hmm. I think is better for betting. I'm not positive. And then the, the Packers are at negative 300. Right. Um, negative always means that they are the favorites in that scenario, correct? Yes. So okay. uh, when, when a number money line means straight up. Yes. So no numbers involved here. Money line means if I take the Packers money line, it's the Packers to win. I take the Rams money line. I'm taking the Rams to win the game. Okay. If I have the Packers minus 300, here's how I always explain money lines. Everything is in relation to $300. All right. So if the number has a minus next to it, a negative symbol, all right. If, if the line is minus 300, that means you must bet that amount of money to make a hundred dollars. So I minus 300 means I must bet 100, or excuse me. I must bet 300 to make 100. Conversely, on the Rams side, they were plus 250. So if I were to bet the Rams money line plus 250, that means if I bet $100, it would make me 250. So if it has a plus next to it, that value is what you would make if you bet $100. I like it. Oh, are the Rams good? Should I make that bet? <laughs> no, you should not make that bet. The Rams will not. The, the Rams are not going to win that game. I, I, I am. I am. Sorry to tell you, the Rams will not win that one. Just uh, one sure. that I do like is the Ravens plus one twenty six against the Bills. That is a game that I. That is a line that I do like. straight up. You think that they can beat the Bills? I, I don't. Know. I do think I don't so. watch a lot of football, but I, I'm like, oh, the Bills. I haven't seen them in the playoffs in a while. They That'd have not fun. been in the playoffs. They, they host their first home playoff game since the late nineties last week, mm-hmm. um, and so. But but also to the games going to be in the snow. And uh, I'm a huge fan of Lamar Jackson. Also, they have the best running game in the league. Snow plus running game is positive. So I, I, I would, I would, you know, take the Ravens. But okay, you may, yeah, just my personal. Let's just keep it rolling because I have made fun of this one in my uh, in my ad reads. The Chiefs got, are getting ten points against the Browns. They're giving um, ten. They're giving ten points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. That, that that's 
they are favored by 10 points. Yes. Okay. Yes. Terminology. Um, you got to put down $500 to win $100 on that one. The, the Chiefs are negative 500. So you have to put yeah, 500 to win the down game to out, win, win game. Yeah. Okay. To win the game outright. Yes. So the Chiefs just win the game and you make that bet. You had to bet 500 to make 100. Interesting. Um, should you bet on the Browns to just straight out no. win? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're looking for value, yes, because NFL playoff games are sometimes unpredictable. But in, in and with the way the Chiefs played, you can make the argument it's a good. It's a good bet. The Chiefs are look until They're proven really otherwise. Good team. Yeah, until proven otherwise, the the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Okay. That is, They're not like of, the Patriots or something yeah. like that, where you're like, oh no, they'll stake in and be fine well, well, eventually. Well, they still have Patrick Mahomes. I, yes. I would take the Chiefs in this game, and so that is. Yes, that that okay. is just me on this. That is just me on this one. I got you. Um, and then you got the Bucks and Saints. Uh, the yeah, Saints Buccaneers are, in this one. Buccaneers. Buccaneers. So you're going to take them on the money line at plus one thirty nine. Yes, I would. hundred dollars to win one hundred thirty nine. That is okay. where I would take uh, in that game. Tom Brady. Uh, it, it, I trust him. Trust him a lot. And just for clarification, you would win one thirty nine. So the total payout would be two thirty nine. Correct. Yes. So you okay. have to place the hundred dollar bet, right. Mm-hmm. To, to actually make it. And so once you've placed a hundred dollars, the, the book would take that in. And then if you win the bet, they would repay you two thirty nine. Okay. So you would net $139, but you receive 239 back because the, the original 100 is what you placed for the bet. Awesome. Uh, also hockey started up today and uh, I'm going to look at this real quick. I just clicked on hockey. Mm -hmm. And they have some fun stuff here. Uh, They have this for the football side as well, but they have like plus two markets, which I clicked on it earlier this morning just to see like what the hell that meant. And it looks like you can go and click on and see and bet on uh, how many goals will be scored in like the first period Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Like, are they going to score two goals or more or not? Those are what we call prop bets. Yes. We call those prop bets. Prop bets are what what we call those. Those are bets within a game, you know, things like player to score the first goal will be this person, uh, you know, number of goals scored, you know, in the first period, stuff like that. That is what those bets are considered prop bets as we call them. And so the puck line is basically the spread in this one, I yes. assume just hockey terminology. Yeah. And then yeah, money puck line, line is yeah, puck lines the same as the, the point spread we just talked about in the NFL. Cool. Just uh, getting terminology there because uh, mm-hmm. hockey just started and Football will be over at some point before too long. So mm-hmm. moving over to basketball. No, not. Uh, I mean, you can go for the NCAA if you would like to. Uh, I am not as versed on that. I went to San Francisco State, so we didn't have a basketball team. I don't right. have any allegiance to a college, so I have a hard time following it. So looking at the NBA stuff, it's very similar to the NFL uh, format and all that stuff. So we don't need to necessarily get into that. If you're an NBA fan, it should be fairly straightforward for you. You got to do your own research on the bets, I guess. But uh, since we do both host MLB podcasts, I went over to the MLB section. And uh, the first thing they have for you is division futures. Mm-hmm. And let, let's see what the, they got the A's at. The A's are favored to win the division. They're at plus 110. So if you put down 100, you, you win 110. That's pretty cool. How does this work? Because I am a, a small betting man where uh, I've done like the I've done the fantasy stuff before mm-hmm. and right. uh, I'll put down like quarter bets because mm-hmm. 
I don't have a system for those guys will have like spreadsheets and all that stuff. This stuff is more straightforward. You're like, who's going to win the game? Not like which specific player is going to win the game for you. So this is a little bit in my more in my wheelhouse, I believe. So if I wanted to put like $10 down, what would the payout be? Would it be like 10 times 11? Well, no. no. So, 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 so say what we said, we said, you know, uh, how a hundred, so if it's plus 110, hundred mm-hmm. dollars would make you 110. Mm-hmm. The same way, just apply that to a smaller bet. If you bet $10, you'd make 11, right? So that, that's, that's how it would work um, for those bets. So anything plus, imagine this way. So the Astros are plus 175. If I bet $10, you'd make $17.5 on that bet if the Astros were to win the division. As far as division odds go, I mean, I mean, the the A's are a relatively that's a pretty good favorite. I mean, they are, uh, you know, they're they're not they're in plus money, which means they're not dead set to win it. But at plus one ten, I mean, they that that they're the favorite there. They they are squarely the favorite to win the division, um, the, the AL West this year. I, I just scrolled up a little bit. You got the White Sox at negative one thirty. And then right behind them, you got the twins at plus 200. So that seems like a pretty big gap according to the odds makers, correct? Yeah, yeah. But here's the thing is, you know, we talk about value. Value is what I search. You know, uh, if you're better, you know, you're searching for futures, especially value is what you search for. And the twins at plus 200 to win that division is pretty decent value because we know it's a good baseball team. Mm-hmm. And we know that the Indians are not trying to get any better, right? So it's between the White Sox and the twins. And, you know, you're in plus money there. So if you want to put down $10 on the Twins to win the division, you know, you could make 20 in the end of the day if they end up doing it. If not, you, know, you just lost $10. Not, 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 a huge, uh, not a huge deal. Not too bad there. Um, and then let, let's go to the Nats just because, you know, that's your team. Yeah. They're, they're, uh, they're listed at the number three team. The Phillies are already uh, in fifth place right here. And I don't know that JT Romuto is going to move them up too much. No. Nope. Um, so you got the Nationals at plus 550. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I would put money down on that because they are in yeah, a I really mean, tough division. Here's the thing is that we talk about the divisions, you know, that's that's not good value for the division. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the, well, it's good value in, you know, in quotation marks. They're not going to win the division. The Nats just aren't going to do it. The Braves have to fall apart. The Mets would have things that go terribly wrong for them, you know, to, to not uh, be in contention at least or be the number two spot. So I, I think the gap's big enough to where I would say, no, stay away from that. It's not where you want to be. Um, I would say the Braves at plus 150 is a very good bet because the Mets, have not, those guys haven't played together yet, and the rotation is just coming together. So the Braves at plus 150, I mean, they've done it the last two years. I forget if it's been longer than that, but at least, you know, at least the last two years they've won the division. Relatively same team. They've gotten better. Smart money is with the Braves. One team that I am thinking could be undervalued and you might want to jump on them sooner rather than later could be the Angels because that division seems to be a little bit wide open. And this is coming from the A's host. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know that the A's are a pretty good team, but they've got some big gaping holes right now. And I don't know that they're going to necessarily spend money to fill those holes. And the Astros were below 500 in the shortened season and they're losing their their entire outfield. I don't know that they're going to get George Springer back or get those big impact bats back. They're going to be relying more on like Jordan Alvarez being healthy. We'll see, I guess. Uh, So the angels, if they could sign like Trevor Bauer, I think that they could have a much better shot in the division than, than they're getting right now at plus three seventy five. It's a good point. I mean, that that money they're, they're begging you to take them and look, people are desperate for the angels to do well. It's been a thing for a while now. People want, that's the team that everybody's been saying, look like 
do it. Now is your time, right? I mean, now, now seems to be their time. So I, I think it's a great point. Yeah. I mean, you, you know it better than me. So I think it's not a bad, not a bad idea. It's pretty good value too. I mean, let's look at them in the pennant then just because they're getting, they're at uh, yeah. plus 1600 to win the American league. They don't need to win the world series, just the American league. And you got the Yankees and white Sox. They're the top two teams. And then the A's are the number three team, according to the, the, the odds makers here. And uh, if the A's are the third best team and the angels could overtake them in the division, I think that that could be something that you mo- you want to play with a little bit. That's great logic. And that is, that is very good logic to, to think about the way, you know, you would construct that. Right. I mean, I think the A's, I think the A's at plus four seventy five is actually a pretty good bet. Um, I think there's a lot of good value there, especially if, you know, we think they might win the division and then the way you apply it to, you know, the, the A's that are plus 475, uh, or excuse me, plus 800 rather mm-hmm. plus I was with the white Sox, but plus 800 is really good. If you think the angels have a good shot with the division, well, it's plus 1600. So, I mean, you know, that's, and once you make the dance, we know, you know, once you make the playoffs, anything can happen. So at plus 1600, basically double the odds there in that situation. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a it's a really smart idea to think that that's not something that's out of the realm of possibility. I mean, put ten bucks on it, win one sixty, right? Is that how that works? Right. Exactly right. Yep, ten to win one sixty. That, that ain't bad. I I take nope. those odds. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, but going back to what we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, Rendon obviously is on that team. He has championship experience. Yes, Trout's <laughs> played three games in the playoffs, so. He's the best player in the league. Is he going to be good in the playoffs? I mean, we'll see. He has, I think, one hit um, in his three games. And Otani hasn't been there. Their big stars have not necessarily been there yet. And they don't really have role players. Uh, Rysel Iglesias had a little bit last year, I believe. He probably Mm -hmm. pitched in the playoffs. But uh, they don't have a lot of guys. They don't have what we talked about earlier, that that playoff experience even. The thing I would apply to the American League is that it feels so wide open. I, I firmly believe that four of the best five teams in the league, I mean, actually, not firmly, I 110% unequivocally believe that four of the best five teams in the league are the National League. Uh, I think the two out West with, with the, Braves, or the, the Padres and Dodgers, and then back East, you know, with the Mets and the Braves, four of the best five teams, no doubt. The Yankees, like, question mark is what I'd say. The Yankees are the fifth best team in baseball this year. I mean, you know, I, I think you'd probably take the A's over the Yankees, right? I mean, the Yankees have not gotten – Yankees haven't gotten much better, right? I mean, no, and, and yeah. here's one thing we know is that, yeah, we always like the romanticize with the ideas of the Yankees at full strength. But when does that actually occur, right? And I know it's assuming injuries is wrong, but Stan and Judge are very similar in the sense of they're lanky, long, big, athletic outfielders. Those guys do not hold up in baseball. We know this. We've watched mm-hmm. it now. And so they're, they stumbled upon Gio Urshela. Why? Injuries. Luke Foyt. Why? Injuries. These guys, you know, Kyle Higashioka, injuries. It's been the unfortunate things that have led them to find these guys. It's great they found them, but are they championship material? Are they American League winning material? And we don't know that. That league feels wide open. The, 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 the race sucked to hitting last year. They made, the, they, they made the World Series and were competitive in it. Why? Because it's just – I don't think it's a great league to be honest. And, and they were good enough. You know, they were good enough pitching wise and their, their hitting was timely enough. Good bullpen too, obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, losing Blake Snell, they can replace him because they're the friggin' race, but I don't think <laughs> yeah. that they're, 
necessarily better by any means. And the no. I think that the longer season is probably going to be their biggest detriment in right. trying to repeat what they did this past season. So I think that, especially if you're going with, uh, you know, five inning starters and all that stuff, not going third time through the lineup, your bullpen's not going to be able to hold up. You're not going to have enough depth for that. Uh, I know that they had injuries and all that stuff. So they did have enough depth in 60 games, but if you go 162, I don't think that they're going to be holding up necessarily as well. So I think that in 2020, they scared me and they would have kicked the crap out of the A's, I think. Right. But now, like, I, I think that story, they, man. I think the A's could probably take them. Maybe if, if they, you can, know, I, I, I agree with you on that. I agree. That, that's, that's the question, right? Is who is going to put together something? Like who is going to say, okay, we've got a, we've got good starting pitching. We've got a good bullpen. We got a good lineup. And who's going to be able to like do, present that throughout the course of the season, right? The Blue Jays are kind of the sexy team right now because they're making some, you know, making some noise in free agency, whatever. The A's are a team that has that experience, so I think it's a good bet. But you also saying too, hey, look, the Angels, right? There are a couple of long shots. You know, is this finally the time that the Twins just, you know, can cross that line? No. Or also, you can make the argument. You can make the same argument, right? The Twins are one of the better teams in the league, but they're not going to cross that line. The Yankees are always banged up. They haven't crossed that line lately. So that's why the American League is just wide. It's wide open. It's crazy. Well, the Twins are always good, but they play in the worst division in baseball for right. my money. And mm-hmm. so they're never really tested. And they haven't won a playoff game in, what, 20 years? So I'm not – until they win a playoff game, the A's have won playoff games, and they still get crapped on way more than the Twins. Because right. um, people forget about the Twins, which is sad, I guess. Sorry, Twins yeah, fans. No, poor Twins fans. Matt Walker, good, good, good friend of mine, the Locked On Twins host. Uh, I do. I feel. I feel horrible for him because nobody, nobody covers his team like Nash Walker does. Oh, I, I liked. Well, I hated the Twins growing up. You know, when I was 15, 16 or whatever, mm. when they were uh, getting eliminated by the Twins and all that stuff. Uh, they still have that Miguel Tejada moment when Eddie, uh, when he was taking Eddie Guardado deep and all that stuff. That was a lot of fun. But, um, you know, early on, they were kind of like the Yankees and Red Sox eliminating the A's right. from the playoffs. And now I'm like, Byron Buxton's cool as hell. I like him a lot. Max Kepler, born in Germany, give him. Uh, uh, um, right. Alex Kirilov, I want to see what he's about. Nelson um, Cruz is 70 years old, still playing baseball. Like, good for he him, takes right? naps before the game. Yeah, I right. Love, we I love, love that naps. Guy. He's ARP card. We're, we're glad for him. Yeah. But is he going to get brrap back I, that's another big question for the twins is i there, think they bring him back i, I mean i think at that age they? like do you want to change that at that point in time like no. if, you're, if you're nelson cruz and that old like what, do not switch stuff up just just go back what i've been talking about on the podcast so so much is the a's have the pieces there they just need a couple things like get i i did a, a podcast last week week before uh get javi Baez. he's got one year you don't got to give up a lot because the contract that's attached to him uh, which is like $10 million in arbitration or whatever. It's not going to be that much, but you don't have to give up a ton. The Cubs seem like not motivated sellers, but like they would listen. Oh, they're motivated sellers. Yeah. They're, they're motivated sellers. They don't want to pay they're, money they're, right they, Yeah, they want to get rid of the guys. You they're, give up a couple of like 15 to 20 uh, ranked prospects in the A's firm system, which is like middle of the road firm system. And then you get Javi Baez, who could be a big difference maker for you for $10 million. That's how you replace Marcus Simeon. And then you, you wait until Nick Allen's there and you see what happens. And you're probably going to end up trading Chapman and Olsen in the next year or two anyway. So, you know, go I'm with for you it. if you're, if you're here, go for it. Uh, well, especially how wide open, how wide open it is right now. I mean, why it's, not go? It's right it? there for him. It's and right I there. Yeah. 
it looks like right now they're like, eh, we're good enough to win the West and whatever. Uh, and that's kind of, well, I think that's why the Blue Jays are, I think that's why the Blue Jays have been so aggressive. Like everybody talks about their youth, but I think they're like, this thing is the, the Reds. Well, especially in their division, right? The Rays, like for as good as they are, they are gettable. The Yankees for as good as they should be have, you know, are no, no pun intended hamstrung by injuries. Right. So the Orioles obviously don't want to compete. And uh, I'm missing one team. So Orioles, Rays, Red Sox. Yeah, huh, yeah, cover everybody. Yeah. yeah so you know, nobody's. There's nobody there for them. It's like, you know, that that can just say no, Blue Jays, you can't do it, right? And if you can win that division, because we think the Yankees are the best team, you know, in the league probably, or you can at least make the playoffs in that division, there's nothing stopping you from making the World Series. You know, there's nothing stopping you from coming out of that 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 uh, that, that side of the league. So, you know, I think, I mean, the American League it just becomes a whole lot more intriguing this year. Oh, and with so many good teams in the National League, you're like, well, who the hell is going to get out of this and make it to the World Series? Obviously, the Dodgers are there, but uh, are they going to have the same hearts? I don't know. Are we talking about heart while we're putting on bets right now? I think the Padres are probably a little bit more hungry. The Braves. I think, I, no, I, here's the thing, though. I, I think the Dodgers have something to prove, though, because they, they did it in the 60-game season. True, true. And that's a group of guys that have been denied many times. So in my opinion, there's still something left to prove because those guys have left a bunch of a bunch of what should have been titles on the table. They have been the most talented team in the league for several years and on several occasions have not delivered. They've been a World Series and not delivered. And so they've delivered one now. Their job is to make that two because there's no reason they can't. There is no reason they can't. And they're a little bit old as well. I mean, they they've got their young guys, obviously. And you their know, farm system is bench, ridiculous. But... They're ridiculous. Their farm system, though. I mean, their roster is currently good with veterans and young guys, and their farm system is ridiculous. That that team is just they're everything you'd want in a baseball team. I've been to Dodger Stadium. I went, I believe it was in 2019. So before COVID and all that stuff, love Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. It is so much fun there. Uh, it just feels like a big party, no matter where you are. And you can get really good seats on like StubHub for like 40 bucks behind yeah. home plate. And you know, I was in the the drinking row. Where, so you're just like at a little table and whatnot. And I'm like, this is awesome. And there's no lines for beers. If if you like drinking beers at games, I don't necessarily because I like, you know, watching baseball because I'm a nerd. Uh, but <laughs> you, you could go and get a beer in between innings and be back in your seat before the next pitch. It's amazing. Whereas at the Coliseum, you're gone for like three innings or, you know, at Oracle Park in San Francisco, gone for three innings. You're like, all right, well, what happened? Those are really cool things for me as a baseball fan. Uh, I like being there. But now that they've won the World Series, I'm like, hey, do, do I want to root for them anymore? I don't know. Um, and that's what happens. I don't root for them, but I think they, I think they should be able to. They should be able to win again. We'll see. Uh, I I want to root for the Padres, but they're doing too much. I feel like so. I, I like rooting. They're for going for it. I have, I have to give it to. I have to give it to the Padres, man. They're yeah. going for it, right? They they see the challenge at hand, which is the Dodgers, and they just said, "All right, game on." And and I and I don't love all the moves, but you gotta give them some credit for that. And the, the Braves, I don't think that I can ever root for them just because uh, they were so in my face in my childhood on TBS all the time. Um, so I think I'm done with the Braves. So <laughs> go Padres, I think. Uh, the Mets, I there's a weird affinity for me as an A's fan with the Mets just because their last World Series was so long ago. And uh, it, it was an infamous one because they had the Bill Buckner one. The A's had the earthquake. So there, there's some things there that uh, I'm like, ah, oh, the Mets are fun. Also, my uh, my family descends from New York and whatnot. Well, my grandpa was in New York and then 
he moved to California. So I'm like, ah, the Mets, I, I have a New York affinity for me. So uh, go Mets, I guess. Go Mets. Go Mets. I can't, you know, I, I'm only going to say this on your podcast. I will never say this on my own podcast. If I take this audio and use it, I will be cutting this part out. So if you listen to the Locked on Nationals podcast, you're going to hear a different show than this one. Just a heads, just a heads up. Brandon Nimmo is terrible and I hate yeah, him. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do not like Brandon Nimmo. Scumbag. So actually, I asked uh, Ryan Finkelstein this on uh, Twitter earlier today. Love Ryan's a go. Love Ryan. Awesome. I have not had him on the show, but uh, he seems need, cool. You, I, you I like to. him. So. You need to. He's wonderful. Um, there was rumors that the, the Mets and DJ LMAE, who have mutual interest, and you know, obviously those reports are stupid all the time, but because the Mets don't necessarily need DJ LMAE, who unless right. they want to stick it to the Yankees and be like, hey, check this out. Um, if they sign DJ LeMayhew, one, okay, first off, do they need DJ LeMayhew, do you think? No, because Jeff McNeil can, <laughs> Jeff McNeil's an infielder. <laughs> uh, so what's interesting about LeMayhew is this, and, and, I've, and I've said this, and I'm, he's very interesting because he wants five years. He ain't going to get five years. I'm sorry, dude. I, I, and I, lo- I want the Nats to get DJ LeMayhew. He is having his management re-engage with other teams about signing him that's not good for him it's not good at all when you're saying hey you still have any interest in me it's not good and all this stuff that's being put out there is being put out by his agents teams are not leaking who they're interested in that is important for them because that that could increase the value of a player his representation is doing this in my opinion to increase the value of DJ LeMahieu because anytime you're going back to teams and asking, Oh, Hey guys, I'm, I'm available now. You know, I want to be a Yankee. I was waiting on them. Ah, that ain't how free agency works, especially in this, in a pandemic. If somebody came to him with the right dollar figure, he's signing there. Mm-hmm. So the idea that somehow DJ LeMahieu is like, nobody else talked to me. I'm waiting on the Yankees. I don't buy that for a second. This is just my opinion. Um, but I think his free agency is getting very interesting. Very what do you think his AAV is going to be? Is it going to be a 15? Is he going to be worth 20? I don't, again, A's fan, I don't think that uh, people should be paid. Uh, I think the players should make as much money as they possibly can. But I'd from, give it to from him. a fan it, standpoint, like I'm years? like, do you give him 20? I, yes. I don't, okay. for, the right, for the right number of years. Okay. I think so that guy, for three, you go 20? Yeah, I go okay. 20. For, yeah, I go, I go 60 for three. And the reason why I would do that is so I actually spoke with RJ Anderson of CBS Sports and he said, look, there, there's some numbers that say maybe LeMayhew's hitting uh, translates well to Yankee Stadium, maybe nowhere else. I don't like if he was in Nats Park and like played for the Nationals in that organization. I know it's a weird thing to say, but like oh, Kevin Long has done a good job of hitting coach the Nats of, of making guys perform well, just kind of wherever they are. Like you can't tell me to do LeMayhew in this lineup in this ballpark would suck. Uh, good example of a guy kind of like Mayhew, Daniel Murphy, right? Mm-hmm. Guy who hit well, then came to the Nash, uh, then came to the Nats, and raked. I that's what I'd see for for him. I think you know, look, I'm not giving him five years. I'm sorry, you're 32 years old. I, yeah. I can't do that. I'm not locking you up. I'm not giving you 15 million dollars a year until you're 37 years old. You're not good enough defensively. And can you guarantee me that you're gonna hit like this until you're until you're that age? No, you can't. But three years, I'll give you 20 million until you're 35. Hell yeah. I'll do that. Okay. I was thinking like 315 just because that just sounds more regular, but I was like 320. I, I think that that would be a decent deal for him, honestly. Then retire when you're 35. Do whatever. Yeah, no, 20 a year, man. And then if you're still hitting well, you can sign a couple of your one-year deals. 
you know, get yourself, you know, uh, you know, 20, excuse me, three for 60, you know, 20 million a year. Yeah. You're set up at that point in time. And then if you want to sign a couple one year deals, two year deals, whatever it is, you're still hitting well enough. Go ahead and do it. So my, my question to Ryan was actually, so if they do get him, do they try and trade Jeff McNeil because no, hell no. Well, that's I was like, I don't think that they do, but Steve Cohen did say, Hey, we don't have much of a farm system. We need to replenish it a little bit. He would bring a decent return. Uh, um, yeah, you can't trade. He's, he's, he, as far as leadoff hitters go, he's like, he's dynamite. He just, the consistency that he brings and not leadoff hitter. I and mean, they put him anywhere and he hits mm-hmm. and, and LeMahieu is kind of reminds me of the same way, but I don't think it can be overstated how important somebody like that is. Like, regardless of where you put him, just hitting is that there's not a whole lot of that in this league. Uh, the entire and all of base. There's some guys who are like that, but like on a roster like the Mets, where that guy matters and somebody hitting anywhere matters because you have so many guys who can drive and runs on the team now, that it's not somebody I'd give up. Would you give up Brandon Demo? I would part ways with Brandon Demo, but also, but. So here's the other part of this. Like when, when people talk about trading Jacob deGrom, I don't like, I don't know if you should, you should not be involved in sports. If you trade players like that, I yeah. really believe that like James Harden got traded today and that's a little bit different, but like Jacob deGrom is a generation generational pitcher. Like, like that guy almost won a third side on in a row. I mean, it'd be um, like trading Mike Trout. You're never going to get enough right. value for him. Well, you just, you can't do that. Like you're, you're in the wrong business. If you, if you trade players like that, because you, that's what we covet. That's what you, and I know baseball is different because it's not about one guy. Like the Nats won, they let Harper walk, but that's, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Like, you know, when you're in a situation like this and Nimmo's one of those guys where, look, we all want guys who get on base. Like, like the A's, the A's meme, right? He gets on base and no matter hook by hook or by crook, Vernon Nimmo's on base a lot. And for, once again, for the Mets, this team is built to get guys on base and drive them in. Simplicity there. Who is going to get on base? McNeil, Nemo. Who is going to drive them in? Lindor, Conforto. Uh, I'm, I'm tr- totally blanking right now. Pete Alonso. Alonso. Yeah. yeah. Dom <laughs> Smith. Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith apparently <laughs> is driving guys in now, right? I mean, James McCann could drive a couple guys in. That's what this team is built. J.D. Davis, another guy who's going to – you know, has got great, great gap to gap hitter. That's, that's kind of, you know, that that's what this whole sport is built on. And I wouldn't trade anybody out of the Mets lineup right now. They've, they've got way, it's way too solid. Like there's, there's the fact they don't have many weaknesses, one to nine. Don't, don't compromise that for a farm system. Don't compromise it at all. You are smiling ear to ear talking about the Mets. I am so keeping all uh, of this. So Mets excited talk. to watch him. Man, I'm excited to watch him play this year. I mean, I'm fired up to watch these. Guys. Look, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of. I love college. I'm a you know I'm a sports nut. Do both podcasts, work in sports, all the whole nine yards. Man, I think there's something, and I think baseball's got so many problems, so many issues. If you're a fan of a baseball team. There's nothing like having a good baseball team because every single day those guys are out there playing. And even when they lose, you know, your team's good. You're analyzing why I lost. Hey, can we adjust tomorrow? We got this guy going tomorrow. We're good to go. Now the lineup's switched up tomorrow. You know, we got, we got this good guy coming in tomorrow. You know what I mean? There's nothing like having a good baseball team. And so I'm so psyched because, you know, one of my favorite times of sports fan was a 2015 World Series run because of just, I mean, them hammering the Cubs 
is one is probably my favorite like week of my entire sports life. They beat the brakes off the Cubs and it was spectacular. It was wonderful. And it was great because you, because you're just like this, this is what it's all about. It's culmination. And they have to do it day after day after day. They did it four days in, in five, right? Four games in five days. There's nothing like having a good baseball team. I'm sure A's fans are feeling that right now. So that's why I'm smiling ear to ear because the Mets have a gigantic fan base, like gigantic. Yankees are a national brand, but if you go to New York, man, like I swear to God, it's a Mets city. Like New York is a, it's the Yankees are the brand in baseball. The Mets are the team in New York. You will see more Yankees are... hats around America, yes. I think. But I think that the town is like a scrappy underdog or so, you know, something like that. Well, um, it's just, yeah, that's the, pe- the people view themselves that way. And, they, and then they identify with the Mets. And, and, you know, I think Yankees have a ton of fans. But, like, there are just, I mean, the number of Mets fans. It might not be bigger. And I, I've spent, I've lived, you know, for a short period of time in New York. But, damn it, they make themselves heard. They are, they might, they, I mean, they are out there. A lot of people are Mets fans. If I... I years ago, like eight, nine years ago, I went to New York because I just moved to San Francisco and I was like, hey, should I should I move to New York? Just because screw it. I, I got nothing here for me. I, I can move to New York if I want to. So I went uh, at the end of January to see if I could handle the snow on a daily basis. And uh, <laughs> it was the warmest winter that they had had in New York in years. So I did not get to see much snow except for like melted snow in Central Park. And I was like, and Part of my thing with uh, thinking about moving anywhere is, could I root for their sports teams? I'm like, oh, I could definitely be a Mets fan. I'd probably be an Islanders fan. Yep. No, um, it's, it's Mets, Jets, and Isles is the way it works normally in New York. And I think that that's probably where I was headed. But And then I might be a Knicks fan just because How, ma- yeah, same colors Knicks, and all that stuff. But also Madison Square Garden, I went down there and I was like, I could maybe root for the Rangers because they're not good anymore. I don't like good teams. That'd be fun. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> my, my favorite basketball times were when the Warriors were crappy. I loved those teams because they'd be like, oh, they're getting screwed by the, the by the refs against the Lakers. The Lakers Davis, are always Monte Ellis teams. Yeah. Oh, Aaron Davis, Monte Ellis. Yeah. And even Andres Beadrins. Uh, Jason Richardson. Right, and all the, yeah. Those were, those were, that, that was my heyday right there. I love those teams. Yeah. Uh, and Jackson. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Steph Curry and all these guys yeah. too. But uh, when you kind of know what's going to happen when the game starts, you're like, hey, they're going to win by 20. Cool. I don't need to watch this. Uh, right. This season has been a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm reluctantly tuning in a little bit more uh, right. when, when time allows. So that's been fun. But yeah, so that's betting with uh, Josh Neighbors. <laughs> An hour long. We got to tell. We explained it to you. In the one hour, we got to. Mets talk, Mets talk involved as well. Uh, good times. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll get you out of here because I said that this would be like 20 minutes and it has not been yeah. 20 minutes. My computer's about to die too, so it's very good. <laughs> I, my good. computer's so crappy, I can't even charge and plug the mic in at the same time. So perfect timing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Josh. Now I know how to place money on bets and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, all that good times. So uh, uh, go Mets or Nats, either one, you can take your pick. I'll say yeah, go Nats, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, go Nats. There you go. Yeah. Combine both. Uh, where, where can the people find you and Locked On Nats and the Big Ten Show? Uh, it is at LO underscore Nationals on Twitter. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. And then it's Locked On Big 12, the uh, <gasps> Big 12 conference. So at LO Big 12 as well. 
again, I don't pay attention to college it's sports. All right. no, so, worries. Like, no worries. It was we'll the Big Ten, it. right? Huh? Was it the Big Ten before? Like no, 10 I'm years ago? Big 12. I, oh, no, no. So the Big 12 <laughs> has 10 teams in it. Okay, so I'm the not big ten. Insane. The Big Ten used to have ten teams. Now I have fourteen. Uh, okay, and it's all confusing. Yes, weird. Well, I used to watch ESPN, like a uh, pardon the interruption and stuff, and that would keep me up to date with you know what's going on in sports. And now I'm like, I can't take their outdated fair baseball enough. takes anymore, and that's all that I really care about. So that's fair oh, enough. Well. All right. Well, thank you so much, Josh. Uh, charge your computer. Uh, yeah, I yeah. I will go. I'll do so. Thank you, Jason. I always right. uh, enjoy talking to you, man. We'll talk soon, man.